be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats, and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Grant Morn has competed and done exceedingly well in some of the most famous ultra marathon races in the world. Here he shares some of his standouts. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. And we have Grant Morn back again. He's been here twice before to tell us his story. So welcome back, Grant. And Grant's in Miami. And what time is it over there, Grant? Well, I'm glad to be here, Kathleen. Hi, everyone. It's about 8.30 p.m. on a Monday night here in Miami. We're in the middle of the day here in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia. So thank you for staying up a little bit to have a chat to us in your evening. And I know you've already told us two fabulous stories about your loving your life. And we can't wait to hear what you've got to tell us today. So what is your love your life story about today, Grant? I'm going to tell the folks out there, you know, a couple of little tidbits about some of the extreme ultra marathons I've run in different places in the planet in extreme environments. So I hope everyone's interested in what I've got to say today. I have no doubt that they'll be interested to um, listen to your story. So which event or which story do you think you'll let us in on? But the first one I'm going to talk about is called the Badwater 135. And it's a 135-mile race across the hottest place on earth. And that's Death Valley in California. And they hold the race in the middle of summer. And the last time I ran it, it was 56 degrees Celsius. And it was so hot that your shoes would melt on the tarmac. You had to try and run on the white line beside the road or in the sand beside the road so your shoes didn't melt. Very, very difficult to do anything, let alone run in those sort of conditions. And uh, it's one of the extreme ultras uh, on the calendar around the world. And I've managed to finish that race seven times. So... That's kind of, you know, one of the races I'm really proud of because I haven't just finished it once, I've finished it multiple times and I've come second place on two occasions there. That's um, some achievement, Grant. So seven times, it's an annual event, I take it? Yes, it's held in July every year, which is the summer over here in North America. So in the middle of July every year, 100 participants only are picked by a committee and 100 participants are from anywhere around the world. You have to have some qualifying races done and if you're lucky to get in, It's mandatory that you have a crew to help you. Otherwise, it's very dangerous to try and run out there alone. And so the crew help you every couple of miles. They'll stop the car and they'll fill up your water bottle and hose you down with cold water and and try and keep you going. So leading up to entering that race, could you tell us what you would have to do to qualify to get into the Badwater? So the Badwater, it's required that you do a minimum of two 100-mile races and finish those races in the prescribed time. You also have to do on the application, you have to write a statement about why you should be selected to run the race in the coming year and you add any other extra adventurous things that you've done, mountain climbing or triathlon or open water swimming, anything that will show the committee that you have what it takes to finish the race. Can you go back to tell us the first time that you entered, what did you do to prepare to enter that race the first time? The first year was 2013 and I'd only been running for about 18 months at that time so I didn't really have a big history of races but I applied anyway and I was lucky to be selected. When I was selected I decided to do something I hadn't done before and that is to get a, a personal coach to help me train and put together a program leading up to the race because I figured if I was lucky enough to be selected, to be one of the 100 participants, then I should 
work as hard as I could and try and have the best race I could. So I trained for about seven months before the race. And obviously, it was a lot of running, a lot of miles, different variations on speed. And I was living in South Florida then, so the humidity and the heat was very high down there. So that helped me acclimate to the heat out in Death Valley. So basically, it's just a lot of grinding miles. And every day, you have to get out there and do your training regimen, even when you don't feel like it. And I used to have a, a, a map of the course um, set out, and I'd look at that every day, and that was kind of my inspiration to get out there that afternoon and train in the heat of the afternoon. So that sounds like there were some visualizations that you had as well as the the physical grueling training that you did. There was also some mental training that went on as well to visualize the race and map that in your mind. Yeah, I actually broke the race down, down into five different sections. The first section is the hottest, and that's about 40 miles across that valley. We started at uh, 9 a.m. in the morning, so you ran through the hottest part of the day, and at night time you had your first big climb, and that was 17 miles nonstop uphill. And then down the other side you went into another valley that was very hot, and then you had a long desert section, and then the last section is a big climb up to the finish line. So I broke it down into sections and visualized what I needed to do in each section to stay on top of my game and not to... Uh, get injured or to wear myself too much out that I could get to the next section. And this was all done in the 18 months prior to entering the first race? Well, I'd been running for 18 months. I got into the bad water seven months before the race started. So I spent that last seven months initially training specifically for that particular race. Oh, it sounds really just before you even enter the race. And the two races that you did before you entered, what were they? I'd done a race in the Florida Keys called the Keys 100. It races from Key Largo to Key West. I managed to get second place in that race as well. And then I went and done a trail race in British Columbia, Canada, which was 120 miles long. I had a lot of climbing and descent because climbing and descending is very difficult on your legs and, and your body when you're running, particularly downhill. A lot of people think running downhill must be great because you get a bit of a rest, but it's actually a lot harder on your body and you have to condition your skeletal system and your muscles, your tenders and everything for the pounding as you run downhill. And the bad water has a lot of uphill and it has a lot of downhill and it's all on tarmac so it's a very hard surface. So you have to do a lot of conditioning of your body to accept that otherwise you're going to have problems halfway through the race. Your whole skeletal body is tensing as you go down and then it's pulling as you go up. So there's different different tensions going on either way yes all the climbs along and all the downhills along so i can remember sometimes climbing for hours and hours and i'd end up turning around and walking backwards to give some of the different muscles a rest while i used other muscles to walk backwards and then then i'd turn around when i got tired walking backwards and then my front working muscles would be a little bit more relaxed and i could keep going and this is all just in the preparation to enter the race yes and can you tell us when you did have to put in the application how did you convince and just to remind us how old you were at this stage i was 48 years old at this stage i'd start started running when i was 47 and when i was 48 uh, i got accepted for the race and the application, if I remember rightly, is about seven pages long, and you have to put every single race you've put in. Uh, you have to put your finishing time. You have to put a, a uh, internet link for the race results so they can check that you're being truthful. And then in the story that you had to write about why you should be accepted, I told them everything about my working life at 
see and my, you know, blue collar background and being a hands on worker and the fact that I'd started running at a late stage in my life and I'd managed to a whole bunch of races in the first year that I'd been running and Luckily, they must have looked at that and said, well, this guy deserves a chance to have a go at this. He might finish, and they let me in. Convincing them that you are fit enough and that you have the mental toughness and that you are prepared so that that they can obviously vet many applications. How many do you think enter or attempt to enter a race like this? I've heard that there's a couple of thousand every year. So it really has to be whittled down. So you're lucky if you get a slot. That's why when I got in, I figured I'll have to do a lot of training because I want to have the best race I can. And fortunately, the first year I did the race, I ended up getting second place. And nobody knew my name or who I was. And there was every year, there's a lot of big names, very successful endurance runners out there. So for me to beat all most of the field, um, it, it was the best race I've ever had in my career. The only guy that managed to beat me was a runner from Portugal, and he was a professional runner. So that was his job, running. And uh, they say that I, if I'd had another mile before the end, then I might have caught him. But I was very, very happy with the result. It was kind of funny at the end because people at the finish line were saying, who is this guy? You know, where did he come from? Some races, everything falls into place. and other races, you really have to battle to um, get everything to work properly. But that particular race was like a Swiss watch for me. Everything worked perfectly. It was hard, of course, very, very hard. But at the end of the race, you know, I was still able to stand, basically. I had a lot of blisters on my feet. I was tired and sore, but... uh, I just felt that everything had come together and worked properly on the day. Want to keep the conversation going and connect with like-minded, positive people changing our world for the better? Be inspired by fellow changemakers and join our closed Facebook community to keep the conversation going. Search Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now. Can you share with us what you think that the ingredient that pulled it all together? The Badwater is one of those races a lot of successful runners turn up and they either don't manage to finish or they don't have a very good race and it's mainly because they go out too fast and in Death Valley in that sort of temperature you have to run at a slower pace than you used to and have to accept that you're going to be a little bit slower because the arid desert air sucks so much moisture out of your body it's very difficult to replenish that moisture at a proper rate to stop you from dehydrating so you have to run the first 40 or 50 miles quite slow so your body doesn't deteriorate. And then after that, you can push a little bit harder. But most people I see go out there, they start very fast like they're used to and they find out that the heat and the desert conditions dehydrates them very quickly and they have to either drop out of the race or or accept the slower time. So how do you pull back? How do you keep that enthusiasm? Because it must be exciting. How do you keep that enthusiasm from bursting out to want to go fast? Well, I had a woman from uh, Wyoming who was coaching me and she'd done the race 10 times. And she said at the start line, you'll see everyone taking off and everyone's enthusiastic and got adrenaline. She said, you just have to bite your tongue and watch everyone disappear ahead of you because you know that later on in the race, you're going to catch up with them. And that's exactly what happened. You just have to accept that people are going to beat you at the start. But you know, in the back of the mind, if you just keep a a consistent, slower pace, then sooner or later you'll catch them and pass them. So sage advice, and you were able to keep that sage advice 
in your mind. Yes. You kept your mind map that you had and stayed to plan. Yeah, and the, and the only thing I wanted to do was finish so I could say that I'd completed the race. I had no idea that I would become second place. And my race time, it took me 24 hours and 53 minutes to run 135 miles. You know, it was a great outcome for all my training and hardship and just getting there. And just before we finish up, Grant, can you just paint a picture for us what the scenery is like? Death Valley is it's a desert, but it's quite rocky. There's some mountain ranges that uh, ring the, the valley, and that's what keeps a lot of the heat in. And the start line is a place called Badwater Basin, and it's the lowest place in the USA. It's 280 feet below sea level, and it's a salt pan. And the heat down there, you can't even describe it. It's like sitting in an oven. And then the road winds out. Some, in some places, you can see miles and miles ahead of you as the road winds across the desert, and then there'll be a mountain at the end that you know you have to climb out. There's stunted bushes and stunted trees and a lot of rocks. There's one section called the Devil's Cornfield, and it has all these stunted trees and bushes that looks like they've been through an inf- a furnace. And as you run through there, the wind blows across that plain and feels like it's just cooking the skin off your face. And then after you go over the first set of mountains, you get in, down into a sandy desert. And then at the end of the race, you cross some more salt pans, and then you have this beautiful mountain range called the Sierras, and you climb up 8,000 feet to the finish line up in the Sierra Mountains. And crossing that finish line, and I know you've done it many times, what's the feeling? Every time I've been out there, I think, why am I doing this? You know, it's extremely debilitating, it's uncomfortable, uh, it's painful, and it's, and it's a long distance as well. In fact, I, I don't know, it's one of those races that a lot of people want to do just to finish it. The first year that I'd done it in 2013, I got to the finish line, I'd come second, the next day, after a sleep in a hotel and a meal, I decided to climb Mount Whitney, which is the mountain behind the finish line, and that's at about 14,500 feet. So I climbed to the summit, and I came back down, and then I put my running shoes back on, and I ran 135 miles back to the start line to complete what they call the bad water double. <laughs> wow. So the feeling is you're not finished. <laughs> exactly. And people thought I was crazy, but I, I still... Surprisingly, had some sort of energy in me, yeah. and then a couple of years later, I actually done the, done it solo. I, I built a little cart and I filled it with water jugs, and I started at Badwater Basin, and I pulled this cart with all my water all the way to the finish line. Oh, well, Grant Morn, you are amazing. <laughs> 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 I can't believe it, that you're um, you, you're finished, but you're not finished. So, well done! And the Badwater is an amazing race that not many of us will complete. <laughs> so, <laughs> well done! And thank yeah, you. it's not for everyone. It's uh, not Death Valley is a good place to see from an air-conditioned car, <laughs> yes, or a plane. <laughs> Congratulations on your many wins and your incredible racing of that valley we will see you on your next journey on love your life tell your story and we can't wait to hear what you have next to tell of your adventures so until next week thank you very much for joining us again this is only part of our story to hear the rest leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen love your life tell your story by kathleen marriott